0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... Hello, all you beautiful people. Uh, Jeremy here from the Termion Podcast. And before we throw it to this week's episode, I've got some show dates, some show dates for y'all. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, we are coming at you. We're doing a live show on Thursday, July 18th. Um, so from today, that is a week and a day. And uh, we can't wait to see you. We're doing a live show at the E1 headquarters, uh, doors at 7, shows at 730, I believe, could be wrong about that uh tickets are available at the link in our instagram bio or you can go to bridey's instagram bio and find the tickets there and uh we'd love to see it looking forward to it. it's gonna be a fun time also just in fresh off the press uh montreal we're doing a live show in your city at zoo fest or off jfl um We're really excited about this. This is kind of a last-minute opportunity that popped up for us. Uh, It's going to be on July 22nd. That's Monday, uh, two Mondays from now. So uh, go over to uh, zoofest.com or .ca. I'm not sure. (laughs) Fuck, I'm horrible at this, eh? Uh, Go to ZooFest on Google and find it that way and and find tickets there. And uh, last but not least, this coming Sunday, uh, July 14th, Myself and Brian Stever of the Sick Boy Podcast are actually going to be teaching a yin yoga class with uh, uh, featuring Lori Brown of PonderCast and her music composer Joshua Van Tassel of PonderCast. Uh, Brian and I are going to put you into some yin poses and Lori's going to tell some stories while you're in them. And Josh is going to play some some sweet, sweet tunes to tickle your your ear holes uh, while you're, while you're doing that yoga. So uh, tickets are available now. There's not many left, uh, but you can find tickets to that, to my Instagram bio for now. And that's uh, Jeremy Saunders.
1: All right. We
0: hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, Lots of really interesting shit that we talked about today and uh, we'll see y'all on the other side. baby
2: i'm using that as my vocal warm-up
0: that's a good one thank you man i could use a fucking vocal warm-up
2: yeah i've been listening to your voice a lot lately in just present in 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 your presence and i feel like i can feel your vocal strain
0: there's a lot of vocal strain it's uh it's festival season okay and that's why okay i find you know when i like um i there's a little more psychedelic use a little more um uh you know when i do uh when i take my medicine
2: uh-huh
0: my psychedelic medicines <laughs> i don't like calling them drugs you don't have to but when i caught when i take my uh my 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 fun um pills. enhancers uh-huh. uh no not pills no? No. When I take acid, I laugh so much that I lose my voice.
2: Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good reason to lose your voice, if there is any, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what this is from. Okay. Just too much laughter at Folly Fest. <laughs> <coughs> um, anyway, so I could use some vocal uh, warm-ups as well. Do Where
2: you want to sh- do, do some right now?
0: Sure. What do you got?
2: <clears throat> um. I was thinking something like... um. Like, uh, like a, just a, a gentle slide from the bottom of your scale to the top of your scale, from the top of your scale to the bottom of your scale. Do you okay. know what I mean by that?
0: Bottom, top, top, bottom.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do it all in on one exhale, up and down?
0: Uh, what, what do you think?
2: Yeah, just do it all in one breath. See, one breath? You, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Wait, da- bottom to top, top to bottom, one breath?
2: No, <coughs> I changed my mind. All right. Here we Low go. Low to high.
0: Here's the first one. I, you know well, you I came back down. I, I was going to come back down, and then I stopped.
2: What happened?
0: I don't know. I got nervous.
2: Yeah. Your inner critic got in the way. You
0: know what? It sounds really It sounds really fucking weird doing vocal warm-ups. In your with, own headphones? With headphones on.
2: Rose is doing her vocal warm-ups over yeah, here.
0: Rose, there you go. Good girl. Mm-hmm. All right, and then... Mm oh fuck yeah
2: uh-huh
0: feels good. so good i love yeah. doing that anyway um, um we could
2: we could do a whole vocal uh episode someday we could we could lead <laughs> exercises for. do you think, do you think
0: the listeners would fucking our, give a our, shit about that
2: i don't know okay so here's the thing Vocal stuff. Okay, right now I'm super aware of the sound of my own voice. Right now, I just finished teaching, so I'm a bit dehydrated. My as you Can I just tell the listeners Teaching what? Uh, teaching yoga.
0: Yeah, you're you're a hot yoga teacher.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I
0: don't mean that you're a very attractive yoga teacher. I mean you teach hot yoga.
2: I teach hot yoga and I'm a hot yoga teacher. I mean,
0: you could be both. Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> um and a huge part of how i teach even when i'm teaching yoga and not teaching voice is a lot of like neck stretches, throat stretches, mm-hmm. sighing out and i do that because i think that if you want to be free in your body sometimes using your voice can help you access that just little vibrations that you make and sounds yeah. rattle your rattles your lungs inside of your pitch <sighs> And I would never say this in a yoga class, but I think the more vocally free that you are or your breath is free to like move through your vocal cords, then sounds of pleasure also come more
0: easily. Why would you never say that in a yoga class? You just Uh, don't think it's appropriate?
2: I don't think it's appropriate. I think it it feels leaky.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Why Why don't you explain to people what leaky means to you? Your sister said this once and I love it
2: yeah it means um like sexual energy with no boundaries so to me I mean it could yes. it, it could it could have multiple meanings but to me it's it's you've encountered that person before who's like so oozing with sexuality that it makes you feel like I'm not sure if this is okay
0: They're a bit leaky with their sexual energy yeah they're kind of they're like. They're walking around the world and they're letting that shit slosh out into like, like, the, like hit people in the face. Yeah, like and people who are just not ready for it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which is not to say that you should not be a sexual being. No, it's it's.
0: But choose your audience.
2: Yeah, I suppose it's not even always about audience. It's like it's kind of a judgment thing. And okay, and saying that makes me think: Is this a totally like? Is this a very privileged thing to say or a very like, I don't know, stuck in an old, I don't want to, I don't want to shame anybody, obviously, but. Which we... you have
0: a very, very um, like l- large history of doing on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like yeah. you just, you never believe when someone's having more than one orgasm in a minute.
2: <laughs> that was my bad. <laughs> that was my bad. But I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's. It's A lot of the things we're going to talk about today, I, I have the same sort of feeling, which is like, <laughs> where is this feeling or this belief like rooted? Is it, is it my privilege that I have, you know, this kind of outlook on how people should behave and don't leak your sexy energy all mm. over my shoes yeah. or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I, am I separating myself from other people when I make them the other in that way?
0: Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. In what way? Uh, just about. Um, I find that sometimes I get a little too. Um, I get a little too sensitive about certain things, and then I get, and then that sensitivity leads to like ju- being judgy. Mm-hmm. You know, judgy towards others. Um, and and maybe I'm just using that as an excuse because I I don't feel comfortable with something Mm -hmm. or like I don't want to I don't want to like look at myself in a particular way so I I project that on others
2: can you give me an example
0: uh I don't know if I can without like kind of (laughs) fucking throwing myself under the bus and I don't know (laughs) if I want to do that but like all right there's a particular group of people that I sometimes spend time with and I have this thought this feeling like that they're they're all very shallow and that there's not a lot of depth to their relationships with each other. White people. No, 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 no. It's not a race thing. It's uh, it it doesn't matter who's in this group, but, and so I, I look at that and I, I start judging their friendships
1: mm.
0: because, but then I look at it and I'm like, well, is that just because I don't feel comfortable enough to like go the certain places that I go with other people in my life? And so I just, like, project that on them. And and maybe I'm the one that's actually superficial
2: Right, like with you these can't people. open to those yeah. people the way you would open to other people? Yeah,
0: maybe. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe I'm totally fucking right. I don't know. Right. I'm do trying you, to figure it all out. Do you out.
2: think that they would be put off by sharing, like, a deeper inner self with them? Or is it just like... I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure.
2: Or do you think maybe they'd be like, um... We don't understand what you're talking about.
0: No, I don't think it would be like that. <laughs> I don't know. And then, and then, like, when I catch myself thinking about that, I also look at myself when I'm on maybe I'm on a date with someone that I don't really know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And am I doing that same thing on that date? Right. You know, I feel, I feel, my I man, we're getting real, real heavy into like. This is not where I was expecting this to go. Well, it's but gonna... we're We're getting very much into like theater school fucking headspace here. But I feel very, as of late, very, um, I'm contracting a lot. okay. I feel very contracting.
2: So for those of you who have never been to acting school... Um, and maybe have never experienced uh, like a mindfulness exercise, These, this exercise is a mindfulness exercise. It was taught to us by um, our acting teacher who was um, also really into Buddhism and meditating and, you know, silent retreats and all that Cynthia, stuff. Cynthia, right? Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia Ashberger. So basically this this one exercise was just to be paired with one other person, and <laughs> all you were allowed to say was, "I'm contracting or expanding," and it's really about just tuning into that like inner world where you, you can feel it when you tune in, like, "Oh, I'm closing off to this person. Oh, I'm opening to this person, or I'm closing off to this experience, or I'm opening into this experience." Yeah, and it's happening all the time, constantly.
0: Yeah, moment um, by moment by moment,
2: expanding and contracting. It's like the, the whole universe.
0: It's happening when we breathe. Yeah, expanding, <sighs> contracting. Well, yeah. That is. That's it.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's a really useful mindfulness exercise just to bring into your day and be like, oh, am I, yeah. Am I hard? Am I hard against this? Like person, or am I like really, or am I leaning in? You know.
0: Yeah, and I've been noticing that I've been contracting a lot, and I've really noticed this after my last little uh, little adventure. With uh, LSD, okay. It really, I really started to realize how fucking much I care about what people think about me.
1: Mm.
2: You recognize this while you were on it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, and so you've while been I was
2: contracting a... since then?
0: No, no, no. Oh. While I was on it, yeah. but n- but not realizing, oh, this is happening now while I'm on it. But realizing, oh, this is happening now. But it's also been happening. For a long fucking time, yeah, and I haven't been acknowledging it, yeah. You know, I had a total like breakthrough. Wow. Of of going, oh wow, you really fucking, you're really self conscious about what people think or say about you when you aren't around. Yeah. And it, and then I came, so then, you know, and usually when I had like, after, you were having
2: this thought about you, yes, about okay. me,
0: yeah. And then the next day, um. I was, I, I found myself to be like a little bit frustrated at myself for having like, I guess, acknowledging that. And I started to really contract around, like around the people in my life. And it's been, it's been, it's been affecting my sex life. It's been affecting, you know, like my, you know, it's having an effect on my relationships.
2: So what's happened since noticing that?
0: Uh, I think I'm just like trying to fucking not think about it too much.
2: (coughs) Oh, great. (coughs) Just sweep it (coughs) under the rug. I mean,
0: honestly, yeah, I think that's what I'm doing. And I'm, and part of me is like, well, maybe you, maybe you didn't really break through and you got to go, you got to, you got to have another little, uh, experience. And now whether that experience is brought on through psychedelics or, or just a weekend of like fucking turning off every screen and and just getting away for a bit Mm -hmm. but I think I just need to do a little bit more digging
1: Okay,
0: which is very interesting because you asked me to listen to this fucking podcast, this Australian podcast called Authentic Sex by Juliet Allen Allen. and she's a sexologist or sex therapist and uh, it was all about libido and man, I'll tell you right now my libido has been a little, a little lower than it normally is, and so I was like, "Oh, this will be really interesting." And I started listening to it, and there's a lot of shit that stuck out in this fucking episode that really struck me, and it's stuff that I've been thinking about consistently, over and over and over again for the last year and a half, basically like since my surgery, mm-hmm. that I've been really thinking about a lot, but not, um, but refusing to implement. Okay or or commit to, uh, which was very interesting for me.
2: So you had that experience listening to it of of being like, yes, this makes sense, Yes, this makes sense. It feels really right. And also it falls in line with everything I've been thinking for the last year and a half and ha- have been thinking, Real good about it, but not taking any action.
0: Not everything. There. I mean, all right, let me be very honest okay. here. There was a few things in that podcast that made me go, <laughs> get the fuck out of here.
2: Okay, so I recommended you listen to that because someone sent uh, her my way, that, that podcaster, Juliet Allen, uh, a listener, because after we we brought up the John Weiland stuff, right. they were like... Juliet Allen, she talks about a lot lot of the same things, and so I went to her podcast. I picked out (coughs) that episode on libido because that um, that episode in particular was her and
0: her husband. Yeah. So it was her and her husband. Her husband's like a like a health coach, and and so she was kind of getting his take on on how to optimize your libido.
1: Yeah.
0: From the things that he knows and the things that he teaches. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off.
2: Well, that's just it. So I actually have not listened to any other episodes other than this one. And um, I just wanted to state that. I, I do follow her on Instagram now. I like her photos. Uh, But I haven't really followed much. I haven't, you know, once you (laughs) dig around into other people's like histories a little bit and other episodes, you kind of get a bigger picture of like what they're about and where they're coming from when they say things. Yeah. It's like like the
0: first episode we listened to was, um, uh, uh, you know, what was it like exploring your libido or or, uh, libido for a better life. The second episode was like the problem with the Jews. And you're like. Huh. Uh, yeah. Disc- huh?
2: Discredited everything. That's, um, that's not... No. That's yeah, not true. No, that's not true. She doesn't talk but about it. But
0: can you imagine, though? Can you imagine we we got on the podcast and we're like, you really got to listen to John Wineland. Yeah. You got to listen to John Wineland. It turns out he's just like super anti-little people. <laughs> you know, he's like, here's all the things I think, but... There's not enough room on the world for midgets. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what yeah. the
2: fuck! I didn't realize you had that value, um, that black value.
0: I can say midget. I have uh, a couple of little people friends. Oh yeah, you actually, can. yeah. Caden, uh, uh, um, uh, my my little person friend. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I need to. <laughs> I don't think I need to specifically say that like, Caden's my little person friend, but he's my friend and he's a little person. His dad, who's also a little guy told me a joke do you want to hear it yes how do you know this is actually quite fitting for turn me on how do you know when a a little person's um uh how do you know if a little person's gay how they've come out of the cupboard
2: ah that's that
0: cute that's a good joke
2: yeah
0: well we're gonna get some hate mail for that one all right anyway uh continue
2: moving right along
0: turn me on we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors
1: Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Okay, well, I want to hear your thoughts on this podcast because um, I listened to it like a month ago and then you were listening to it today so we could talk talk about it. So I put it on double time and listened (laughs) to it really, really quickly so I could could kind of uh, refresh my mind. And, uh, of course, we bitched about it a lot in the car on the way here. Okay, so. so
0: it's Authentic Sex with Juliet Allen. Uh, episode 67, the secrets of a healthy libido and lust for life. So like we said, it was an episode with her and her husband and they're talking about they're, ta- they're really all they're talking about is like how to optimize your your lifestyle and how that uh, plays a role in your libido. So, you know, a big part of it is like your diet and they're talking about um, having healthy diet sort of habits. Um Uh, and, and, and and like healthy lifestyle habits. So like having routines for nighttime routines for the morning time, um, you know, watching what you put into your body, like what you put in is your output. So, you know, taking in really good fuel, um, you know, one, one point that they touched on, which, which actually really spoke to me. And I've been thinking a lot about, I've been thinking a lot about this for years, and sometimes I implement it and sometimes I don't. And I do find a fucking very big difference when I do implement it into my life, which is just drink water. Like fucking drink water. A lot of water. Yeah. More water than you want to. Piss too much. Like that. Like just drink so much water that you're going, fuck, I, I gotta pee again. You know? And that and how much that has an effect on every. Aspect of your life, whether it's like inflammation or your mood or your energy levels or your fucking skin or your, you know, um, I find big time like when I, when I'm, when I haven't drank enough water, I, that's when I notice like I'm, I want to sleep during the day. Mm-hmm. I just want to fucking sleep during the day and I go, oh, wait, hold on. Am I dehydrated? Oh, yeah. I'm fucking chronically dehydrated. Yeah. I need to drink more water.
2: We're all kind of chronically dehydrated.
0: Absolutely, every one of us are, unless we're drinking four liters in a day. And who the fuck is doing that? No one.
2: Yeah, no, no I, one does that. It's a really good point. I like <laughs> i I liked that about this podcast episode because uh, while I was listening to it. I had just come off working an overnight on a film set and I was um I had slept for a few hours it was like around noon and I was getting up I was waking up and I had to do another night shift and I felt like kind of like I was on a different planet you yeah. know when you flip your clock yeah. like that and the 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 water the hydration thing also the sleep thing and also like the ritual thing mm-hmm. I was just like Yes, yes yes and I it 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 seems like painfully simple and I think that's one of the really one of the things I question the most because I'm in perfectly good health. I like check all the boxes I have no, I have no complaints yeah and so when I when I hear something like that and it feels so good to me because I'm like yes. If I could refine my lifestyle and do it, the, you know, and be so vigilant about it, which is dangerous because I can be perfectionist to a self-sabotaging degree, um, this is the result. It w- it will result in this, like, perfect, as he's saying, lust for life and yeah. healthy libido and, and great communication with my partner and, you know, like, stable mood, you know, and... That's really appealing for my like brain and how it likes to organize things and say if you do all these things, you'll get this desired result. But I also know that for a lot of people listening, you throw one health issue in the mix and it's like it- checked out. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's true. I get like that. Yeah. I totally get like that. Like I am. I am not the one to. Uh, here, The type of person I am Is I'll listen to this kind of thing If it's something that resonates with me And I'll listen to it and I'll go fuck yeah And then I won't do anything But because I listen to it I'm thinking Yeah you know what I am a little more motivated And that'll last for like maybe I don't know four or five days I'll like clean the fuck out of the house Because I'm on some kick And then it kind of just falls by the wayside
2: Maybe that's the way it is with inspiration though. Like if you can't drink enough water today so that 7 days from now you're still feeling the positive effects of being hydrated. It maybe yeah. it's like, "Oh, I listened to this. I got inspired. I changed my habits." It's 5 days later and all of a sudden my enthusiasm is waning. It's like, "Well, give yourself another injection of of like whatever inspires you." Maybe
0: and whether that's podcasts, reading, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I
2: just sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, I can't do a single thing today unless I watch like a motivational speech. Literally. And then I watch Brene Brown.
0: <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I am vulnerable. I'm going to do the day. <laughs> she's um, so funny. Yeah, she's, she's pretty incredible. Um, so, so, right. Coming back to this episode, um, there was a lot of things in it that I really loved.
2: What else besides hydration?
0: Uh, the hydration, I mean, there was like, you know, you just touched on it, but they talk about sleep. You know, and the guy's like, if you're on a grind and you're working your fucking ass off and, you know, you, you're up late working and then you wake up early to work, you know, you're on that, like, that work grind to, like, get as much done as you can, you're not going to want to fuck at the end of the day. Like, you're going to want to sleep. And that is something that happens to me all the time. And... You know, in a and the way they spoke about it was like in a scenario where it's like you're doing that, but your partner isn't, and your partner wants to fuck, but you're too tired to have sex. Maybe you're not too tired to have sex, but you acknowledge that you're too tired to be fully present to give sex that is valuable. Yeah. To to have like present, engaged sex that it that your partner is worthy of then you're doing them a disservice. And your partner, if they're fucking accepting the tired, not connected, like, checked-out sex that you have to offer, then they're also disrespecting themselves by fucking just taking that. Mm. It's like, I don't want to... I don't want to use someone's vagina as my fucking hand to jerk off and go to sleep.
2: Yeah, you want to be connected to the...
0: I want to have... I want to have sex where I'm there with this person. And when you, you know, if you don't set boundaries for yourself and have, um, you know, if you're a workaholic or you're someone that likes to really dig in and you don't set boundaries for the time that you check into work and the time you check out, because there's a lot of us, especially people of our age, you know, millennials that are working from home or creating their, you know, doing their own things that they're creating. Oftentimes when you're your own boss, you don't have a schedule. Mm -hmm. Your your schedule is what you set to it. And and it feels good to work sometimes. And so you get lost in that. That really fucking resonated with me because I'll tell you right now, the amount of times that Becca has gone to engage in sex or initiate sex. And I've gone, dude, I'm fucking I'm too tired. Like, I want to I want to sleep. I have to get up at X a.m. Yeah. To do the next thing. I can't. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And then feeling guilt about that.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's on me. You know, making that realization of going, oh, that's on me because I didn't, I didn't fucking schedule the day correctly. Yeah. I put too much effort into this one thing Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, looking at the balance and going, hey, you know what? Maybe I should put the screen down now because... Now it's wind down time and I need to leave room for intimacy or whatever. Yeah. I love that. That was like a, that spoke to me big time.
2: I'm glad you got that because that, uh, that, I think that, that ritual of like winding down and switching gears (laughs) is like a really crucial part of sex because even like what esther perel says like it's not a thing you do it's a place you go literally it's Mm -hmm. a trip from being my like hustler self to relaxing and opening my body to a partner you know where i'm not going to be in my head still trying to figure things out or you know uh, resentful because I don't really want to fucking do it, but I know to keep my relationship healthy, I have to put out sometimes, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, I don't have that. I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't put out sometimes when I don't feel like it, but, um, but the, having that traditional or traditional transitional moment or hour or two hours, I will call it foreplay is like, right. Is like flipping the switch or like swinging the pendulum. Yeah. you know, not forcing it, but like
0: just shifting the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that they talked about, which Juliet and her husband both kind of touched on, which was nice, um, was using sex as a, as a distraction. So I, I think I correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, but I, I'm pretty sure the way that she worded it was like, if she didn't get sex that day, She'd be all fucking caught up in the fact that like oh i didn't get i didn't get sex I didn't get the sex that I need like I need to have this sex or else my day's gonna be fucked I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep i like i need like i'm I'm horny and I need to fixate i need to satiate that that need but then she dials in her diet mm-hmm. and dials in her like healthy lifestyle, and when she doesn't get the sex that she thinks she needs. It's kind of like, oh, no big deal. That's right. okay. You know, it's like there's there's a living the le- like less healthy lifestyle, there's almost this this unhealthy need to get the sex that she thinks she needs, but then when she realizes like or once she starts to take on a little bit more of like a a healthy dialed in lifestyle, it's like, oh, I, oh. Oh, interesting. I didn't need that. As much as I thought it did.
2: And that resonates with you?
0: That resonates with me because it made me think about Becca. Right. Because when that happens, when I'm like, yo, I'm too tired.
2: Yeah.
0: It feels like it's a fucking massive issue. Well, you I know? wonder
2: if, I, yeah, like that, is there, are there any aspects to that that might be like, well, you know.
0: And I, I get this. I get the same way for sure. Yeah. I definitely get the same way. But I heard that and I was like, I wonder, it made me go, I wonder how Becca would feel listening to that.
2: Right. Well, we'll have to ask her.
0: She listened to a little bit of this with me. And when she did, she was like, oh, oh. Like she was definitely like having that, like those little moments of epiphanies of going, oh, I never thought about it that way.
2: Yeah, I really, I think, I don't know if this is in the title of the episode or if it's just something they say later on which is like something about it has to do with lust for life like they compare your libido for your lust for life it's like do can you experience like the joy of living through you know can you enjoy well like the practices of wellness
0: yeah I mean yeah like being dialing in this this part of your this aspect of your life is going to turn you on for living right you know turn your turn you on to life yeah Which I I totally agree with, you know, and again, it's like coming back to what we were talking about earlier is me sitting and thinking about this kind of shit for the last little while, but not implementing it, but thinking back to different moments of my life, which I know, I know that memory is like a fickle, fucking weird thing. And we we relate to different times in our life in ways that might not be actually true to what we thought then. But I think back to the moments in my life where I was like the most physically active you know like like when i did that three month kayak trip every single day boom morning we'd wake up we'd hit the river come off the river eat a huge meal every evening hit the river before the sun goes down come off the river and then party yeah man i had never been more alive in my life now mind you i was every day i was on a river of like you know Class four, class five rapids thinking, oh, this is the day I fucking die. So my adrenaline's jacked through the goddamn roof every day. Yeah. But also I look back at that time and I was I was more fit than I've ever been in my life. I was more active than I've ever been in my life. I was traveling the world. I was getting to know new people every day.
2: You were on a routine.
0: I was on a fuck. I was on a routine, which I know I sh- I fucking need. And I don't have, I don't have that right now. Yeah. You know? Especially the summer. With the summer here, definitely don't fucking have that, you know? Well,
2: we have to be adaptable, too, because... Of course. You know, you can get too rigid (coughs) as well and not make allowances for, for changes. Like, the perfectionist in me wants to have a routine that I can follow every day, but then the perfectionist in me is also the fucking voice that goes, yeah, well, not feeling so great? Well, it's your own fault, cause you know, and it's like my critic. It's like it's what? What I? It's the same voice that beats me up when I don't do my very best. Yeah, and that that is like that's an old thing, and I've I've done lots of work on that, but um, that that's just an example, and I know it's it's pretty common, um, to hear things like this that go, "Yes, I know that to be true," to not do them. And then we talked about this before. And then be like, why the fuck am I not doing the thing?
0: And then come down on yourself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like there maybe there's a part of you that's like, oh, I was right. It feels it feels good enough to be right. by proving that you fucked up, you know, and like that's the that's the reward we get.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm getting rewarded by going. I knew I was right. Yeah. You're a fuck up. I'm right.
2: One of the things that he says on the podcast <laughs> he just he names it uh the background the background noise of fear that's just like running all the time. And I, I relate to that. this I relate to it, it I caught it at double speed, so uh otherwise, I'm not sure if I would have remembered it from from the first time I heard it, but like that is so present for me, this like constant stream of like, very low low anxiety of like even when things are really good things are really good but also holy shit i have so many obligations yeah and i don't want to do any of them yeah but holy shit so exciting that all of these things are happening and they're all going so well
0: because 5 years ago i was like i wish i had all these things and now i have them all and fuck i got to do them
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um that background noise is, is is present for me and that it's a really Really necessary but challenging thing to turn off for for connected sex. I find I there's a part of sex that is like for me now when I can get there and it is a process that it it's a a, a transcendence of all of this like concern and all of yeah. this fear and dread and obligations and it's just like it's the like fuck it everything falls away and it's just an organic, natural exchange of like pleasure between my body and maybe my body or my body and another body. Mm-hmm. But like getting, shedding the the weight of responsibility and being a non, maybe non-human even for, for a second or two.
0: Um, another thing that this podcast made me think about, I don't know what the fuck was said. But I was you? okay, um, this is a question for you. Do you get, do you find when you're hungover that you get extraordinarily horny?
2: Absolutely not.
0: Okay, perfect. I do. So when I'm hungover, like clockwork, every fucking single time, when I'm wickedly hungover, I am so insanely horny. My libido is like through the fucking roof. And so I was like, is that, is that just me? Like, what the fuck is that? So I Googled it. Turns out this is a, uh, every link that came up was, um, specific to men in particular. So it was like, I couldn't find a single thing about women being horny while they're hungover. But everything was like, here's why men are super like horny when they're hungover. So everything that I'm about to say is a very like male lens to it, but I found this super interesting. So the one of the first links that I came across, it basically, um, uh, so, so it 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 it's like a hormonal um, explanation. So it says a hangover is a signal that the organism uh, gives. Wait, what the fuck? A hangover is is a signal that the organism gives to a person. It uses all possible means with the help of nausea, vomiting, headache to tell that it got poisoned. So basically, it's like your body is going,
2: help me. Yo, dude,
0: you got poisoned. So time to purge, like time to get rid of the poison or do whatever you can to get rid of that. And as a consequence, the most powerful of instincts is triggered. The instinct of procreation. So, you got poisoned, you better fucking start procreating right now. Because
2: you're going to die.
0: The organism urgently needs to reproduce the offspring. Furthermore, in the body increases testosterone, the male sex hormone. This happens because the liver does not process extra hormones, but is primarily concerned with the utilization of alcohol residues. Male sex hormones accumulate in the body in large quantities. They need a way out. That's why men with a hangover often want to have sex. So that was one thing that I read, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." Hmm. I don't know if I can relate to that on a hormonal level. Like I got, you know, maybe that's why my body's working the way it does. And I found this to be really interesting. Research from the University of Washington and the Kinsey Institute found that intoxicated men fa- fared much worse than sober guys at following instructions to get hard or stay stay soft while watching porn. In fact, drunk men who were told to suppress their stiffies actually got a bigger hard-on than those who were asked to raise to the occasion. Outside the lab, this may translate into being horny when you shouldn't be, like when you're feeling sick on a Sunday morning, assuming you still have booze in your bloodstream. The lack of erectile control could explain your inappropriate taint pinching. (laughs) Sorry, tent pinching.
2: Sorry, wait. Inappropriate taint
0: pitching. No, no, no. Tent pitching. I fucking fucked that up. Tent pitching. <clears throat> so like okay. so you you not only do you lack the control, but the idea is that maybe it's because you are your body's going, Alright, we're going into fucking like hyperactive deploy the freak out mode. You better start <laughs> spreading your seed like ASAP. Yeah. No, I don't I don't know if that's fucking true or not.
2: So hard to know with the internet.
0: I mean, so hard to know with anything really. Yeah. You know? Everything we're living in a fucking simulation anyway.
2: <sighs> I don't even know what to do with all of that information. Sometimes I get so into thinking about this and talking about whatever, yoga or like anything I'm excited about. And that's another one of those voices that chimes in like in the whole melody of voices in my head that comes in and goes oh, do what you want, nothing fucking matters.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, that's a, a as nihilistic as the thought of nothing matters, do what you want. Yeah. There's, I think, a really positive way to spin that, and there's also a really negative way to spin it. Yeah. But I love that thought. I love the idea of going, you know what? We're such fucking specks of little tiny fucking things in this little gigantic brain busting massively huge galaxy of galaxies of universes of who fucking cares about anything, man.
2: You like that thought?
0: I do. Yeah. Because when I get jealous or when I get envious or when I get angry, you know, someone cuts me off in the fucking road. If I can go to that thought immediately, it's like uh oh, quelled gone. Right. Because I go, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, who fucking It's
2: a comforting thought. Who
0: fucking cares? Yeah. That doesn't matter. This doesn't, this, the little thing that just happened in my day today, this little incident because so-and-so thought this or felt this based on that, who cares? Literally, this is the smallest sliver of a little blimp in time that is, so insignificant because fucking millions upon billions of years have happened before this and who fucking knows how long it's going to go after and who cares? Who fucking cares? That was one of the big things like when we opened things up when I was like, you know, having issues with jealousy. That was the one thing I was like, oh, yeah, wait, hold on. Uh, you don't matter, dude. Right. <laughs> Nothing matters. Now. You know, my sister got in a car accident and died. I'm not going to go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to fucking grieve and be sad and be, you know, it's going to be horrible. But for those little things, you know, for those things that like, that's a big thing. That matters in my world. Yeah. But if, uh, you know, some guy looks at you and you look at him and you think, you know what? I'd like to go back to that guy's house tonight. <laughs> That doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I hear what you're saying.
0: That's so little.
2: But oh. from the outside, it's just Jeremy's. Jeremy's being pretty quiet. I think he's upset.
0: Yeah, in my head, I'm like, the universe is huge. <laughs>
2: <coughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely, it definitely takes the weight off sometimes that thought. Um, and then sometimes I find it terribly unmotivating. I'm like, that. Why do anything? But what? What? Do you ever think thing? about it with death? I'm I don't think I'm afraid of dying. Like I'm right. not like oh god, don't, I'm ne- i don't I'm not afraid of dying. Right. Um I am afraid of being afraid before I die. You know? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, in like mo- in the moments before Like as a I-
0: shark is eating you limb from limb. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. That's
2: exactly what
0: I'm talking about. Yeah.
2: Illness like a slower a slower uh You know, Jeff?
0: Yeah. Do you hear about that gal that got eaten by the sharks in in Hawaii recently? No. Her parents watched from the boat. It was really bad.
2: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Parents watched her from the boat and she just got chomped up. They bit her arm off, bit her leg off, and then swallowed the rest of her.
2: Holy shit. That would be... Yeah.
0: Super intense. She was like this beautiful, like, young woman, early 20s.
2: such a shame when it happens to a beautiful person.
0: I know. I know. I'm just like there's so many We
2: only have so many there's only people. so many
0: beautiful people. And if we, and when we gotta get off this fucking planet, because this planet is dying and we're all gonna die, yeah, we gotta put all the beautiful people on that ship and that ship's gotta go out in space and that's how we preserve this human race with all the beautiful people. Marilyn Manson said it himself.
2: Oh, that's an excellent point. I didn't realize what that song was about. That
0: song is about putting a bunch of beautiful people on a spaceship and sending them to the moon.
2: Wow, so ahead of his time.
0: I know. Anyway,
2: <laughs> <coughs> well, uh, all right. Shall we turn her uh, turn her over to a brain boner too early, too soon?
0: Uh, too perfect. Let's too do it. Perfect.
2: Okay. <coughs>
0: <clears throat> Holy fuck, my voice.
2: You are. It's you know, could be sexy. <laughs> my sinuses know. are so swollen right now yeah. that I feel. Like, I can't breathe through my
0: nose. Yeah, well, when you plug it like that and talk in the mic, it definitely sounds like you can't.
2: It still sounds the same, even though I'm not plugging it. What do you got? (sighs) Hi, Bridie and Jeremy. I've been catching up on episodes after a busy couple months and am loving it, as always, of course. Would love to have you guys come to Ottawa again
0: uh should i say
2: this october
0: well well no no no, nothing's been confirmed but (laughs) my agent reached out today and said uh you guys available for october for uh, ottawa show
2: and we said yes we are
0: so maybe we'll see you then
2: okay little brain boner I recently started dating my first official boyfriend, and it's been great. When we first started seeing each other, the sex was iffy, but it has since gotten better. He says I'm the best he's had. My issue is I want to talk to him about fantasies, both his and mine, what he likes and dislikes, and maybe send the occasional tasteful nude. However, he's told me he's not a fan of nudes, and he's only able to talk about his feelings when he's drunk. We became official and first said I love you after he had been drinking. I'm equally shy and prefer to have conversations like that over text, even though I know that's not always best. I know you always say communication is key and I couldn't agree more. I've always been good at it with casual partners, but I'm struggling now. How can we have those conversations when both of us have trouble talking about our feelings? I'm very comfortable with him, as I believe he is with me, but this is still something I'm struggling with. I want to be able to give him what he wants in bed and let him know I'm thinking of him during the day with a suggestive picture every once in a while. I thought about getting him to listen to the podcast. I've mentioned it a few times, but I'm not sure which episode is best. Maybe relating to this issue as a subtle hint. Ha <laughs> ha. Any suggestions on an episode or how to broach this conversation? Uh, Much love and go fuck yourselves. E.
0: Um, well. Well. Jeremy. Uh
2: communication is key it is that's something that Juliet Allen and her husband also talked about if 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 communication's not great in your relationship, it's gonna affect your sex
0: and to be honest with you I mean and not to and maybe this isn't the right thing to say, but again, I'm not fucking qualified to give advice anytime so as a friend of a, of a friend to a friend e, I don't think communication solely through text is fucking healthy.
2: No, here's the here's the
0: here's the beautiful thing about um, communication I have found. And I think, you know, I think is just fucking objectively true. It the thought of it is always not great. And it's very like nerve wracking and feel and especially if you're shy. It's like, fuck, I don't know. But then once you're in it, you're in it. There's no going back. And things just really open up and get easier. It's like, uh, thinking about conversations with my fucking dad, you know, I'm going, fuck, I got to talk to my dad about this fucking woman he's been having an affair with and I don't want to talk to him about it. And I definitely don't want to talk to my, my dad about this specific subject and, blah, 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 and the fucking my head's going. And then we get into the conversation and within the conversation, I go, oh, OK, we're here. We're doing this. Yeah. Things aren't as. Dire as they seemed. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I would say is like you both got to get over that. You both got to figure out a way to talk to each other, not through a fucking screen. Yeah, because that's not that isn't
2: or through the veil of alcohol.
0: Yo, definitely, definitely for sure. Like that, that goes without saying. I forgot that that was in there. That's a big red flag there. The other thing that I'll say, not to be judgy, but who doesn't like nudes, man?
2: Who doesn't like nudes? I mean, maybe I, I get it.
0: I really, I, I, I get love. it because
2: I like. I'm not asking anybody for nudes.
0: Sure, one hundred percent. Like yeah. I, yeah.
2: It, that's not like masturbatory material for me. Right. Um, but I love that if somebody wants to send me a nude and it's somebody that I love. Because totally. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, if you feel sexy, then I think this is great. Um, And also, I guess you got to respect their wishes.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't like nudes. Why? I, that's that's a, what you need to that, find out. Yeah, that's the part that I want to know. I'm like, <laughs> why don't you like is nudes? Is it
2: because his mom shares his phone with him?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe they share a phone. Yeah. It's got to be something like that. Me and my
0: mom have a shared data thing. <laughs> and uh, Actually, we use the same phone.
2: We share an, an, an yeah. iCloud, all of our photos.
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie. I hate opening nudes in public, unbeknownst to myself. Yeah. You know, someone sends me a message, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to open this. And then I open I go, oh, fucking fuck. I'm yeah. like in a library, and there's like a kid behind me. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Some warning, please.
2: I also hear you on this shyness thing, too. Like, sometimes... I will think and think and think and think about something that I need to say before I can ever say it out loud. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how the fuck do I say this? And the more I'm sure I'm going to fuck it up. And then sure enough, it comes out of my mouth. And it sounds like completely ridiculous because I built it up so much in my head Mm. that my partner's like, whoa, where did all this come from? And I'm like, I've been talking to you about this for a week in my head. You know? So I always like to think of it as I'm doing this person a huge disservice by not getting over my shyness in this moment and saying the thing that I need to do. I'm robbing that person of the experience, of the opportunity for them to practice being a good listener yeah, and being a good communicator. And then I think you could just also say like, hey, you know what? I don't think either of us are great communicators because you like to only communicate when you're drunk and I prefer to communicate over text. So let's get that out of the way right now and say, I know that. But can we actually, can we, can we try just for like five minutes to have a conversation and we can be uncomfortable and it could be awkward and we'll give each other total permission to be sound ridiculous. Yeah. But let's just like say, let's just practice saying things because I have some things I want to ask you.
0: It's like how healthy would it feel or sound if someone said, hey – I really enjoy sexual interaction, sexual intercourse with a partner, but I can only have sex when I'm plastered. Come on.
2: That wouldn't be very quality. No. And neither would your communication.
0: No, fuck. Your, communic- your, your communication is way worse when you're intoxicated. Yeah. Because you, as much as people go, oh, yeah, no, but alcohol is like a fucking truth serum. No, it's not.
2: No, it's not. No, it's the
0: opposite of a truth serum. Alcohol is a is a a clouded, fucking like, and I don't mean this in the way that you should not say it, but a clouded like retarded, like a, like a, a a slowed down version of a, a truth serum. Right. It's the things that you think you want to say when you're drunk. Come out in ways that are not the way that that is fucking true, and no. then it comes out, and you go fuck.
2: And also, like, but you feel like I yeah, don't know fucking the science it. of it all. But I, I also think like <coughs> the inhibitory, if that's the right way to say it, uh, properties of uh, alcohol—the the thing that you know makes you feel less shy. I, I think there's something in there that's like fucking with your emotional like whatever's going on in your neurons however they're firing i don't think things are firing the way that they fire when you're sober i think that's why like a lot of a lot of drunk conversations end up in in a fight uh, yeah it's
0: like dude how many times have we been drunk together and it just ends in the worst fight ever most most times almost every fucking time we're drunk together yeah it ends in a fight now,
2: my personality changes too. And you, like-
0: oh my God, I can't, don't even start, don't even get me started on <laughs> you when you're drunk. But, but honestly, but then, you know, if we weren't drunk, that would never happen. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to be assholes to each other. We no. want to love each other. But when you're drunk, there's like, you know,
2: Reactionary. You
0: fucking change and you're way more reactionary. Way, way, way more reactionary. And if two people are reactionary, it's just like this fucking. Like nitrous oxide boosted roller coaster straight into shit town.
2: And at the risk of being misinterpreted, um, I I think that when you're drunk and things that you think and when and do should they almost exist in like a land of like not reality? And I'm saying that very carefully because I don't want to be like, "Well, I got drunk and I cheated on you," but it's not the same planet so you know i'm a different person then i I don't think that but i do think like there's been so many times in the last like 15 years of my of my experience drinking alcohol where i have been like oh my god it's the truth you know when i'm drunk and then the next day i'm like
0: oh my god that thing was so far from the truth think about think about how many times and this is like just anyone out there listening think about the times you wake up the next day after being real drunk and then you go Oh, my God. Who did I text and what did I say? Fuck. What messages did I send last night? Because in that moment, when you wake up, you go, you know, right then and there. I I would never have sent that. But I was fucking drunk. So the same thing goes for communicating with your fucking partner. You know what? I'm going to say this and they don't sound like the type. You want to fucking sit down and have some communication, but you don't feel like you're you're outwardly, you're too shy to do it? Each of you go find a very quality source of MDMA, take a pill each, sit down in a bathtub, and throw up word vomit all over each other. And there's your truth serum.
2: But isn't that kind of the same thing? Only because your body is going... All the good feelings. All the good feelings are coming.
0: Sure, but you know what? I I feel, yes, I think you're right, but also I would say that uh, 99.9% of the stuff that comes out of me when I'm in that state or when I'm there, recreationally engaging in, in MDMA, are the things that I really, truly feel.
2: It's interesting, too, because I've had a few of those experiences, and it's like, it's not just the lovey-dovey stuff that you say. No, it's like no, you're like you'll, you know you'll tell what? someone you're beef with them,
0: and the in person, a and, way. and the person hearing it will go, you know what, my, my, the way I'm empathizing, and the way that I'm opening, like I'm listening, expanding. I'm expanding, I'm expanding, i expanding, expanding, and so I'm going to hear the thing that you say. That if it was any other scenario, I might be very reactionary, but instead I'm going to hear it, take it in, and we'll move forward. And may probably in a more healthy way. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, fuck you. You're talking to the guy who just loves that shit. So I'm probably not <laughs> the best one to talk to about it. But I, but I do truly feel that I feel like, you know, if you,
2: I thought you were going to say, if you guys want to communicate, but you don't feel like you have the skills, sit down with a, uh, a. a- a mediator.
0: I mean that yeah, that's probably the more adult
1: thing to do. <laughs>
2: but maybe it doesn't feel like the more adult thing where it's like, yeah, we basically don't know how to talk about anything. Yeah. Can you just be in the room <laughs> while we have a conversation and make sure that neither of us fuck it up? But yeah. maybe th- that might be great. Maybe a great idea. I mean,
0: do the Molly and have a mediator. Yeah. Who's but, also yeah. on Molly? A- who's drunk? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh God. <laughs>
0: Uh, I hope that helps E (laughs) or whatever your name was. Um, I got to fucking shut this down. My voice is shutting down. Okay. Uh, listen folks, Toronto, um, we're coming to Toronto. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, come see us. It's going to be July 18th. It's a Thursday. Um, we've got an incredible guest. Her name's Nicole. Uh, she runs, um, girls who say fuck. Um, and I have a, an absolute, just massive crush on her. Um, and she's, she's going to be an amazing guest. We can't fucking wait. And we love Toronto. And if you're there and you want to talk to us, you want to be on the show, hit us up, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Also, um, uh, this coming Sunday, July 14th, uh, I'm teaching a yin class. And while I teach the class, while I put everybody into those blissful yin poses, Lori Brown of PonderCast and her wonderful musician, Joshua Van Tassel, Um, are going to be there and Lori's going to be telling stories while you're in a blissed out yoga pose and Joshua I can't believe
2: she stole my fucking idea I
0: know dude Joshua Van Tassel is going to be playing his uh, trippy Junior Award nominated um, uh, music so come on out check it out Um, tickets are on sale now you can find tickets to the yoga thing in my Instagram bio or Sick Boy's Instagram bio and you can find tickets to the Toronto Live Show in uh in Termion's Instagram bio and at Termion Podcast.
2: my Instagram bio at, at Bridey McLean.
0: Um, go to patreon.com slash termion and hit us up if you have a brain bummer. We love all of you.
2: Let's just hang out next week in Toronto, okay?
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's hang. Let's all hang out, people. We love you.
2: Thanks so much for listening.
0: See you on the other side. Uh, nope. And uh, that that's all for this week.
2: And next week.
0: Go fuck yourself. And this week. And this week. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>